Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome in. Let's get buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is our Friday happy hour. We're going to be doing on this show on Fridays uh, different types of games and contests and silliness. Not really. We'll give you still betting content. We're going to be doing a pod that basically a little bit funner, a little bit lighter, a little bit shorter to get you set for your NBA weekend. Uh, Brandon Anderson will be will be on the show every single week. This week he's on with me. We are going to talk today. What are we talking about today, Brandon? We are doing our inaugural Buckets of Buckets podcast. So <laughs> Buckets of these, Buckets. These are definitely not tiers. I don't know what tiers are. I've never heard of tiers. Zach Lowe has never done tiers before. I don't know anything about tiers. These are buckets because we are buckets. So we have taken all 30 NBA teams and divided them into five buckets. We are looking at regular season teams right now. So this is not about playoffs. That We've got plenty of time to come back to that. First bucket, potential one seed. Second bucket, possible first round host, and then teams that are safely in the playoffs, but probably first round fodder. Bucket number four, the play-in zone, and then bucket five, see you in the lottery. So we are just uh, splitting teams into those five buckets and then going to talk through uh, seedings and not win totals today. We've got you covered on that already, but everything else. Yeah, he just mentioned win totals. If you guys want to hear about win totals, we did a win totals draft. The last three episodes are dedicated to NBA win totals. So if you go back in our in our feed, check those out. By the way, please rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five-star review. It's going to help us so much. We're trying to promote the show. Tell a friend, tell a buddy. Be like, you know what I love? I love buckets. I love buckets because who doesn't love buckets? It's a lot of bucket talk. Uh, also, I want to tell you about on the network, you're going to make want to make sure that you download the Action Network app. It's absolutely the best way for you to track your bets. Uh, you could get our futures. I'm going to be putting all my win totals into the Action Network uh, app today as you're listening to this. So it'll be up. Um, you can get crack information on the NFL. Uh, every single sport, we got all of our information. Plus, you get information on every single game page about line movement, uh, where the money's at, sharp money, indicators, systems, everything that you need to know to bet is in the Action Network app. It is indispensable. Try it one time. I promise you will never, ever want to bet without it. Also, check out the other great podcasts on our network, including the Action Network podcast, which has an MLB postseason preview. They've got an NHL season preview. And alongside the incredible podcast from Chris Raybon and Stucky, which I check out every single week, 
for the Sunday six pack that heavily influences my NFL betting. And I'm having quite the, the uh, profitable year. Uh, you've also got Brandon and Raheem multiple times a week to get you set for NFL, including the hot read, which is an indispensable part of your week. Download that. Check out the fancy flex. If you're into that, we've got so many great podcasts. Check them all out at actionnetwork.com. Brandon, let's get started with the first bucket, which is <laughs> title contenders. Is that how we're describing it? Uh, I'm calling it possible one seeds. Possible so, one seeds. That's good. Fo- focusing only on regular season here. So, not, you know, especially because, you know, I'm guessing the Lakers are in this bucket for us. We'll see exactly how much of a title contender we think they are in another podcast. So in bucket number one, possible one seeds, I've got four teams in this bucket. Who do you have in this one? I've got four as well. I think we both know who they are. It's the Bucks, the Nets, the Lakers, and the Jazz. Yeah. Um, those are the four that I think have to be included in this. The Bucks under Budenholzer, defending champs. They've been, you know, 55 plus nearly every single season. Uh, they're returning all the major parts of the core from last season. You can argue the bench is better. I don't know if it is. I'm not, I'm not sold on that idea, but I still think that they'll rack up a huge number of wins. The Nets uh, are the Nets and Kyrie or no Kyrie or whatever planet he's on. I still think they have to be considered. Uh, they're the favorite. They're the favorite to win the East. They're the favorite to get the one seed. They have to be here. The Lakers are the favorite in the West. Uh, I actually think maybe their odds are a little too short. I think that they're a little inflated yeah. a little bit. Uh, for me, the best pick on the board for the number one seed is you're getting plus money for the Utah Jazz. That I think they have to be in this tier at the top. Yeah, I agree. The Jazz are in the tier. I've got those same four teams. I actually think that between the Lakers and Nets, I think the Lakers are the slightly undervalued team. Uh, we hmm. just don't know with the Nets. We don't know what's going to happen. Probably good things. But the Lakers, uh, I just have a, a, my win totals column is going up soon. My top three. And I have the Lakers over as one of those. LeBron's teams, the last 10 seasons he's been healthy, have averaged 57 wins a season. He's only ever gone under the 52 and a half twice by a game or two. Right. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of wins there. The Jazz, I don't know if they're going to get to 57, 60-ish range again. I noticed, too, on DraftKings, you can play Lakers versus Nets head-to-head wins. Lakers are plus 225 on that one, which surprised me. It's a little higher than I thought. What do you think about that just as a way to fade the Nets? Yeah, if you're getting two top teams and you're getting better than 200, you need to bet it. Like, if, if those teams, basically, I would say, if you think the two teams are in the same bucket uh if you put them into the same level i think that that you need to go ahead and do that the i haven't done this as long as i have i pay a lot of attention to records versus under 500 and uh over 500 a lot and i recite those numbers constantly the reason is is that if you look back historically if you just go back and you go back through every single season and you look back at those numbers which you can find actually espn has an expanded standings tab uh under their nba standings if you look at that you're going to get these numbers you'll notice that the best teams have great records versus the sub 500 and then their record versus the over 500 are pretty middling. It's usually above 500 for the top teams, but even when you get down to like the three, four seeds, sometimes you'll have teams that are under 500 versus the other top teams, the other teams that are over 500 because most of those games were coin flips. It's just, that's the nature of the NBA, unless there's a mark, a clear edge between them. So I think if you're looking at those numbers on DraftKings and you're able to get better than two to one, I think you should bet it. Yeah, I like it. So as we transition to bucket two, because we will say plenty about those four teams this year, we'll talk about them more later. Was there any other team that you strongly considered or, or gave some time into putting into bucket one? I did have one team that I thought about here. No. I definitively do not. Uh, I don't have any way of, of saying the Sixers should be in this tier bucket. 
uh, whether because of the Simmons situation, I just can't buy into that. There's no team that I'm so high on that. I think they belong in that conversation. Um, I don't think, I think the Warriors are going to be really good. I, you might be able to talk me in the golden state. I did a film review on their game last night versus the nuggets. And I'm even more sold based off of what I saw. Like I'm, I'm going to be, I'm probably going to add to my Warriors position in the coming days. Um, I'm pretty high on them based off of what I've seen in preseason that confirms a lot of what I was was going operating from. But other than that, uh, who's the team that you think belongs at the top here? Yeah. The Warriors were the other team that I thought about. I I thought about having them the last team in here. They're just, they're so high variance that they're a team that if everything goes right, like if if you said, okay, there's a one seed that's not one of these four teams, who is it going to be? Then I'd be like, oh, okay. So the Warriors clicked and won 58 games again. That's totally in play, plausible. Like the last time we saw the three stars together, that's just what happens with this team. We've never not seen that happen when they're healthy and playing together. So I think that it's in play, but I also think it's in play that they could be a four seed or that they could be in the playing game again. Like they're one of the highest variance teams, but lots of good variance outcomes. So yeah, intriguing. What's so, um, what's your tier two, which is potential first round host. These are top four seeds in each conference. Who's in that yes. list for you? So my second bucket, I have the Warriors ended up putting them at the back of this bucket, but I have the Warriors. I have the Celtics, the Nuggets and the Blazers, just four huh. teams on this one. What did you have here? Wow. You, we are far apart. I thought Mr. we would Anderson. be. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Um, I have the Warriors, the Nuggets and the Suns in the West. Uh, those three teams, I think, are on the same level. I think those teams will be jockeying back and forth over the back half of the season for positioning. I think that th- those are likely your three, four, five in the Western Conference. I think there's a drop off between three, four, five and the rest of the conference. Now, look, the Blazers may do what they do, and you're banking on it of them basically surprising and having that year where it's like, hey, the Blazers are actually pretty good, but we're going to know that the point differential is going to be like, they're like, four games better than they should be by March. And we're going to be like, that's probably going to regress. And I think by the end of the season, this will bear out that your next three teams are going to be Warriors nuggets, especially after Jamal Murray gets back versus an easy schedule. I might add, um, and the Suns. I'm lower on the Suns. I took them in our win totals draft for the under, but I still think that they're going to wind up. Like I, if I had to actually peg the spots, it would be Warriors three nuggets, four Suns five. That's how I think the West shakes out. Uh, in the East, I've got the Sixers there. Look, I don't think the Sixers are going to drop off that much. They may lose more games when Embiid sits. But if Embiid plays, they still have Danny Green and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris, who had a really good season last year. They've got continuity. Uh, Matisse Teibel is still a, a hellacious defender. Uh, Doc Rivers, a.k.a. Glenn, as as our good friend Raheem <laughs> only refers to him as, is still a winning coach that gets a lot out of his regular season rosters. So I don't. I'm not going to put them any further than that back. Uh, I've also got the Hawks in the heat here. I think your three, four, five in the East are Sixers, Hawks, and heat. I'm not willing to put the Celtics a level above yet. I'm willing to be wrong on the Celtics. Like I'm not like, Oh no, the Celtics aren't in that tier. They could be, they could be like, I've thought about it, but with where I'm at, I I think that they belong in the tier below. I just think that we're going to need to see it from them. They still have a young bench. Horford's way up there in age. Um, we keep waiting for Tatum to make the leap. Raheem and I bet his MVP futures, but I got to see it. And so I'm going to go ahead and keep them out of this, this top four, uh, home court tier bucket for now. Yeah. So the Sixers and Suns, they are, they were my last two cuts here. They are effectively just kind of in bucket 2.5. Uh, they, they are teams that I have 
effectively tied with the other teams in this bucket, but with a lower floor. And so I ended up moving them down a little bit. I think Phoenix, you mentioned a, a three, four five seed in the West. Um, I have those same three teams. I just include Portland in that group. And I had Phoenix last of the group. And as a team that has more downside and less of a chance to hit a really high ceiling. So I ended up sliding them down just between four teams for two spots. And so that was the logic there, but Phoenix will be good. They should be pretty safely in Philadelphia. Same sort of thing. It's weird. I noticed on my, my rankings, I ended up having, you know, Boston is only my third East team. I don't have a fourth East team in my potential first round host mix, which is a flawed argument because there's gotta be four. So my, my, I made the buckets and then I was struggling to be like, ah, why did I, why did I call them this? They need to be, <laughs> somehow grouped differently. I ended up one, you know, my, my bucket four is overloaded because I wasn't too sure exactly where to draw the cutoff. So Boston and Portland, uh, I talked about them on the win total, uh, draft in yesterday's podcast. They're two of my favorite overs in the uh, article coming up today. So I will let, uh, folks read there to why hear why I like them so much. Um, Portland plus a thousand at BetMGM to win the division is slightly interesting to me. That's basically Portland against Utah and Denver. So if things work for Portland, if CJ and Nurk stay healthy, if the defense gets back to average, like it was the last time Nurk was healthy, then I think that's interesting, except if they do beat the jazz and nuggets and win the division, then isn't the better play something like the two seed, because if you've beat Utah and Denver, who's left to beat? The only way you don't get the two seed at that point is if the, you know, the Lakers and the Warriors both stay ahead. So plus 2,800 at points bet on that one. Um, Buddy, I know that you love the, uh, I know you love the long shots. I know you do. I know you like to get maximum return. I understand that. But if this is where you're at on Portland, their over under is seven and a half and the under is only minus 120. Just overload on the under, like pay the juice (laughs) and take the under seven and a half. Like if you think they're going to be a top three seed, you know, don't mess with trying to nail down, you know, and you're going to wind up within a game of each of these. Just take the minus 120 and pay the pay for the seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think the way I like to play these sort of things is to go ahead and take that and then bet the winnings that I'm assuming I'm getting back on the the higher end outcomes. So I'm get, so it turns out that as long as I'm right, that Portland is good. I end up getting sort of a free roll on my high end outcome with the money that I've made from the the sure bet. So Boston, same thing. Boston is plus odds at their under five and a half seed. So I definitely like that one as well. Um, all right. Anything else on these on this bucket before we move to the middle one? I like that you tried to keep it to actually four teams. And I was like, no, no, there's like a bunch of teams that could slide in here. So I'm putting <laughs> all of these teams in the because I think that's the thing is like, I think if we're talking, you know, the fifth, oftentimes the five and the four are interchangeable. Like we've yeah. seen circumstances in the past where the five seed has had home court because they actually won the head to head tiebreaker, but didn't win division, which is the ultimate tiebreaker for seeding. Right. So it's like, we've seen the, the, these weird flips in the five, four. So for me, you know, the real key here for the bucket is really it's, it's three, four, five. And I think if you're in that four five, you're as good as the teams in the four. Most often yeah. it's rare that we see a four or five mismatch. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, uh, I think the problem here is whoever made up these buckets, it's a flawed bucket <laughs> system because bucket bucket three is our teams who are quote unquote safely in the playoffs or first round fodder. But in the, in the current playoff setup, that's only seeds five and six. Yeah. And if you're seed five, you're kind of seed three and four. And if you're seed six, you're kind of in the play in zone. Yep. So I was expecting that the middle 
bucket, not tier, bucket would be my robust, you know, one with eight, nine teams. And I ended up with three at first. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. I have to slide some teams around because, because I had a bunch, you know, had like Philly and Phoenix up. Uh, I was considering Atlanta up and then I had a bunch of other teams down. So let's go to bucket three and uh, teams that are safely in the playoff mix. So I'll do mine first because I've got four team. I only have five here still and four minor teams that we already had in your second bucket. So I have Philly, Phoenix, Atlanta, Miami, and then Indiana is my other one. So for me so far, that puts me at six West teams and seven East teams. I was drawing the the line here as teams that I really felt like were pretty safe from the play-in race, uh, which is interesting to me because I feel like there are seven East teams who probably more than seven who think that they are safely in that top six because, you know, let's be honest, Chicago is probably in this group as well, among others who probably think that they are safely in the top six seeds. So my, that's my five Pacers plus four that you had already. So you probably have Boston and Portland in this group, correct? I do. Uh, Brandon, I have nine teams in this tier. <laughs> so we're going to work on our bucketing, I think. Yeah, going to need to work on the bucketing. I, I would say this, that you said like safely in the playoffs. I took it basically as, are you going to be in the five, six, or are you going to have home court in the play-in? Now, like, okay. it's one game. We can, you know, like the Warriors got bounced last year, right? Like the Warriors lost to the Grizzlies. Yep. It, these teams are at risk of losing to the teams in tier four. All of them are. I think all these teams are at risk of getting bounced in the play-in because that's the nature, like, that's how the play-in was yeah. Devised. That's why the players complained about it so much last year. That they're like, wait, wait, wait. so you're telling me that if I lose tiebreaker to the sixth seed and I lose one more game, I'm out? And the answer is yes, because chaos is profitable. It's a ladder of money. And so um, that's that to me is uh, when you when you put like the safely in the playoffs first round, because here's the other thing you said first round fodder. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like some of these teams could definitely make the, the conference finals. Like some of these yeah. teams could ab- because that's just like the nature of it. And so I definitely like took your definition definition and then artistically <laughs> interpreted it in a different direction. Yeah. My nine teams in tier three okay. are the Mavericks, the Blazers. These are two similar teams flawed defensively. Unknowns with coaching. I think we know a little bit more about Jason Kidd and boy, the quotes just continue to be bad. Last night he was on, we're not going to take as many threes. We're not going to be a jump shooting team. Look at your roster, man. Um, so Portland's in this. I think Portland could could make it into like a top four seed, but it's going to be another one of the situations where we're like, oh, we're definitely fading them in the playoffs. Like Portland may be fake good. They're not going to be like good, good. I think is, is where I'm prepared to say, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm ready to say that now. I think, I think I'm prepared for that. I I got burned badly by Portland in last year's playoffs. I, for the 700th time tricked myself (laughs) into thinking like, all right, this is the one, this is the Portland team. You know, both of these teams, I, I, I think Dallas is likely in the playoffs. I wouldn't put them for sure, but Dallas right now, until we see otherwise falls in the same bucket as, as, uh, Portland, which is, I don't trust them in the playoffs and I know Luca, but Dame also is a pretty awesome player. And when you don't play defense, it's just not the playoff sort of matchup that you want to see when the West is so good. So I've got Boston. Uh, one of my big questions with Boston is that they were such a try hard team under Stevens. And I don't know if they're going to be such a try hard team under Adoka. Like they won in so many like 
at disadvantage spots. Like Steven literally talked about this. I used to bet Steven's teams on a back-to-back as a dog because he actually said, like, if you convert, he said on an interview with Jim Rome, if you turn those losses, the schedule losses into wins, it's going to help you over the long run. And it did. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Odoka's plan is going to be coming from a Spurs tree. So I've got Celtics here. Um, I have the Knicks because I'm just like, they're going to be over 500. They'll be in the conversation. I have the Bulls because I don't think that they're going to be lower tier. I don't think they're going to be lower tier play in. I just don't. We'll, we'll find out. Everyone's got their own opinions there. Um, then I have Grizzlies who I can't put yeah. them up tier above and I can't put them in a tier below. This has to be where the Grizzlies go. The Pacers. Uh, and I have the Clippers here because I think the Clippers are both, you know, good and a little bit wonky. So I've got the Clippers and Pacers here as well. So I ended up to talk about bucket four and then come back to three. My bucket four, I ended up with kind of a four A and a four B, which I, I almost, uh, you know, slacked you last night. Like, okay, should we add an extra bucket in here for teams that will likely escape the play in versus teams that are just going to end up making it and losing? So I ended up splitting them. So let me move my teams up so their buckets match a little better. So my other five who would be in bucket three here uh, would be the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Knicks, the Clippers. And then I had the Raptors as one other one in there. So our buckets end up pretty similar there, just as long as we define them similarly. Um, I, I think the Grizzlies are being a little bit underrated. They are plus 440 to win the division, which is effectively a Grizzlies-Mavs head-to-head. So as many questions as there are about the Mavericks right now, and as good as the Grizzlies' regular season team is with their all their depth, their bench unit is so good, their defense is really good. It's a very high-floor sort of team. To me, that's the try-hard sort of team. They're the team. Taylor Jenkins has been really good. They get those wins, and he's he's had the team outperform each year. So I like them. You, if you want to just play it safer, they're plus money to, just to make the playoffs at BetMGM. I almost had Memphis in my original bucket three with, with those five teams up there. I think it's going to be very hard for them to escape the play-in and get into those top six seeds just because there, there was kind of a, a fall-off after that group to me. Um Dallas, I think, is going to be in the play-in. I have them firmly in the 7-8-ish range. So I will be looking to figure out how I might be able to fade Dallas. They are plus 250 to make the play-in at BetMGM. They're plus 450 to miss the playoffs, which is not me saying they're going to not even make the top 10. But if they are in the play-in, anything can happen. We certainly expected the Warriors to get out of there last year, and then they didn't. They lost twice. So... If you wanted to fade Dallas, which one of those two makes more sense to you? Do you just take the 250 to make the play-in or do you take the 450 to miss the playoffs and then possibly hedge in the play-in once you get there? I think you hedge, right? Because the Mavericks, yeah. the most likely scenario, if, you're, if, you're prim- if your prior is right, that they're not going to be a top six team, I don't think there's a large probability that they're going to be 9-10. So they're going to be at home which means they'll be favorites, which means you'll still get a plus number on the dog. Yeah. So if you take the 450 to miss, you know, if they win one, now the problem is like, if they win once you're, you're toast, right? Like right. that's it. But, you know, I mean, I think for you, it's always, you're always looking for the maximum payout. Mm-hmm. You like these calculated long shots. And so, you know, I think um, here's an interesting one, quite honestly, because again, I know you like the big plus numbers, but if you're listening and you're curious, their seating's four and a half. Yeah. It's juiced to the over at minus 130, which is kind of like, 
it's annoying to me. I'm like, just put it at five and a half. Like you're at minus 130 now. Some of these, like the Pistons over 13 and a half is minus 240. Just move it to 14 and a half. Like, you know, some of this. So I would say um, you can do, you can just bet the win total on the maps. That's probably like the, if you're looking for the most efficient market, because they're at 47 and a half, which is a high number. If you, if you think that they're going to be in play in range, I would just take, find a book that's got the minus 110. Or, and there's, I think there's a, yeah, there's a minus 105 on the Mavericks floating out there. Yeah. Um, find that for the under on 47 and a half is probably like how I would play it. Um, but if you do want the maximum return, I, I personally would be going for miss the playoffs and then hedging when we get to the play in. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that's a good, the right play there. The, the two teams in this bucket that I'm the most tenuous on, I think, compared to the public are the Knicks and the Clippers. I'm a little worried about the Knicks defensively. Like the numbers are so good. We know that there's some of the regression numbers probably in there with the shooting defense and some of that. But if you just look at the roster and who who is a really a genuinely good defender on the roster, they are relying a lot on those guys in the middle. Nerlens Noel, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Taj Gibson, and they're good defenders, but they're all injury prone. Taj is ancient. So you know, it that could go sour. We're also going to get a lot more minutes from Kemba and Rose this year than what they had last year, which is not the way you want to, you know, have the head of your defense on a team like that. So if the defense slips a little bit, you know, Tibbs is going to have them trying hard. But that was the reason for me why they ended up kind of floating around 500. And I do think that they are destined for the play-in zone. I, I'd be pretty surprised. I don't know if I'd be more surprised to see them finish above or below the play-in zone, but I, I think they're going to be right in the mix there. Well, the Clippers, to me, are a roster that, in a weird way, I think I'd feel better about this team if Doc was still the coach. Like, it's a very Doc Clippers team with just a bunch of random veteran dudes yeah. and one star. And, like, that would, that's, that's a team that Doc gets to show up and outperform, and they suddenly are like, oh, wow, 47, 48 wins. How did this happen? I don't know that it's is such as good of a, a Ty Lu team. And I think that we're underrating Kawhi being gone. When Kawhi was, you know, when he was healthy last year, we we're all saying like, oh, he's, is he the best player in the world? Is he up there? Uh, when the Spurs lost Kawhi, they dropped from 61 to 47 wins the year that he missed pretty much the whole season. So, you know, it's when you lose a star like that, and if he really is at the level of a LeBron, a Durant, that sort of thing, I wonder if we're underrating just how far that they could fall. So yeah. those the Knicks and Clippers are two teams that I think are destined for this range. Uh, if you want, by the way, to miss the playoffs, this is the one. Is Knicks is no plus one twenty five. Yeah. So that's cap yeah. factoring play in. So if you don't think they're top six, and like just as a heads up, Raheem and I will be talking constantly this year about being ready to fade Thibodeau once we get to the playoffs. Like that's the spot is the Knicks get into a one game scenario and they lose. That's that to me is like, there's, there's good value at plus you're getting a plus number on the Knicks to not win the plan and not make a top six seed. Like you, you eliminate those two scenarios and, yeah. and you're at a plus number. I think that's pretty good. Um, I have to ask you before we go to tier four, our final one that we're going to talk about just real quickly, how many teams are in your tier five? Uh, I have eight teams in tier five. <laughs> Do you have just you the have- five? You have a four, a quarter of the league in the bottom tier of the league, Brandon. Uh, I have, yeah, that's true. I have nine and eight teams in my bottom two buckets. So that is, 
a what's 17 out of 30. That is about 58% of the league. In my <laughs> no one's good. Yeah. It's, it's very on brand for me. So <laughs> let's go to bucket four. So this is what we call the play in zone. Tell me how you defined this, this bucket, because it's obviously different than how I had it. I mean, a lot of it is really just, honestly, it's, it's, do I think that they're going to be nine, 10 it's, yeah. are, are, are they going to be still trying at the end of the season? Are they going to be in the nine, 10? Um, do I think that they're, a lot of it is, are they closer to 11 than six? That's the best way to put it. Yeah. It's like, do I think that they lean closer to the 11 seed? in wins than to the six seed in wins. And uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in this tier. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. I only eight in the previous one. I counted the Blazers twice because that's very unbranked for me. <laughs> I put the Blazers twice in first round fodder. Uh, in this tier, I have the Timberwolves, who I already have a ticket on at plus 200 to make the plan. Uh, the Pelicans, who I think are another good bet to make the plan. The Charlotte Hornets, who I think are a good bet to make the plan. The Toronto Raptors, who I do not want to do anything with. They're on my stayaways list for win totals, which will be up at Action Network soon. Uh, I got the Wizards because they got to go somewhere. They're not a tank team. They're not a first round playing playoff team. Like they got to go somewhere. They go here. Uh, I've got the Kings who I, I can't say that they're going to be a bottom tier. They're not going to be, I don't think they'll be tanking. I think they'll still be trying to sneak into the play-in. Uh, and then I got the Spurs because I wasn't willing to put the Spurs in that bottom tier. Like for me, the bottom tier is the Pistons are going to be tanking. The Rockets are going to be tanking. The Thunder are going to be tanking. The Magic are going to be tanking. The Cavs are going to be tanking. <laughs> Those are the only teams that I know right now feel confident in saying like, I feel very confident those teams will not be trying to win at the end of the season. The other teams in that tier above are all going to be trying to win. Yeah. So basically the difference between our buckets is that anywhere where there was a near tie, I moved teams down and you, you've moved teams up. So, uh, cause I had, I have Washington, Sacramento and San Antonio in that bottom tier, not because I think they're gonna be tanking just because those teams to me are in that 11, 12 seed range. Like they, they are sort of in the tier. They're, they're similar to what I said about Phoenix up above. They're in a group of three or four teams fighting for that like 10 seed spot, but they are the teams I thought was least likely to get in there. And then they get bounced right away anyways, which puts them back in the lottery. Like I, I give the Wizards, Kings and Spurs almost no chance of actually making the playoffs proper, maybe a play in game, but exiting the play in actually winning those couple games that they would need. I have them very low. So that's why I moved them down. So my remaining bucket four teams, once I move those other five up, all I have left is the Hornets, Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Bulls as the four teams. Two of your favorite teams are in this this bucket, Brandon. Again, very on brand. I'm a nihilistic fan. I expect the worst. Actually, this is pretty optimistic for the Timberwolves to to put them as a possible playoff team. It's only happened like once in two decades, you know? So uh, I think the Timberwolves, I'm excited about where they're headed. Here's my question, though. The defense we know is not going to be great. I know that you're optimistic about playing at the level and how things are going to get better. But obviously, the team's going to play Towns a lot more this year, D'Lo, Beasley, and they're all going to get more minutes because they all were hurt last year. All those guys are really bad defenders. So if the defense was already bad and now we're playing all those guys all their minutes, then I just worry a little bit about, okay, what can the defense still do? Rubio was not helpful on the team offensively. It wasn't really working out last year, but he is a good defender. So trading him out for Beasley and D'Lo at the top of the defense, not great. Uh, Really, Hornets, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Bulls, 
that's the common theme with these four. These are teams that I don't trust in their defense and that caps the ceiling for me. I rank all the offenses. I rank all the defenses. And these are the four that I just can't believe in defensively. And for me, a regular season night to night, if I'm looking at big picture win totals, where's your season headed? If defense is defense travels, it always shows up each night and it, and it's, it limits your floor from falling out. And for all these teams, I don't know that I believe that like you you're banking on what, what if the shots don't fall? Well, my defense might still give me a shot to win. That's how the Spurs have gotten so many good wins over the years. Mm -hmm. These are the teams I just don't quite believe in on that level. I would say that a big takeaway from this exercise is that so part of, of my thing is that because I've done a lot of work on win totals and, and been slaving over this for the last month, like I have a structure of like where I think the league is at. And it's there is a very narrow elite tier in the heavens. And then there's like a big chunk of teams that are all competing at various levels. And then there's like a bottom tier that's going to absorb most of the losses. Your buckets instead reflect that you believe that basically there's going to be an elite tier in the top two and then like a, the second tier is like elite and then the the top bucket is the elitist of the elites <laughs> you know like bezos and then you think that everybody else is basically going to be high parody suckage and that's okay because <laughs> the thing is like if you're going to do that then you need to be hammering unders brandon like you just need to be like you because i alex christensen who did our our win totals pods with me like you ran the numbers there is in the market after the movement, this is notable, after the movement in the market, there are more wins than possible. So there is value on the under, just like in the NFL. So I think if this is how you have it, like for me, I'm going way, way under on the teams that are at the bottom because I think that they're yeah. not just going to be bad. Like I have the magic at 13 wins, Oof. right? Like I have the thunder at sub 20. I have like all these teams I think are going to be bad. And there'll be like one team I'm wrong on that will absorb a lot of those losses as well. Like that's factored into how I'm approaching yeah. this. But if you think basically that everybody sucks except like the top six teams, <laughs> no, it's okay. If that's your approach, because the NFL was like this for a couple of years too, right? Remember? Like we would have like two really good NFL teams and then there was parody, but everybody was like, yeah, the parody is there's nobody good. Like everybody's just like, eh. Right. And that causes parity because nobody's better than anyone else. But if that's your model for this season, which I think it kind of is based off of how you bucketed this, like you should be betting unders pretty aggressively and looking for alternate win totals if they come out and really be, be betting on these teams to drastically underperform where their numbers have them. Yeah. I mean, I think the adjustment I would say to what, what you said of the buckets for me, I think what I'm missing that I didn't expect to be missing is that. I thought there would be this big cluster in the middle. What I ended up having is kind of a gap in the middle in both conferences where, where there, there ended up being like the biggest drop off is kind of between the six, seven ish range to the play in range. Uh, like in the East, I have Indiana, Atlanta, Miami, all 46, 47 wins. And that's my five, six, seven seeds. But the teams who are down fighting for the 10 seed are 33, 34, 36 wins. That's 10 games out. And so it's, it's a big drop off from 10 games out of the 60, 10 games out of safely being in the playoffs and the West kind of shapes up similarly to me. So it's not that I think everyone sucks. It's that I, I don't, I ended up not having very many teams like the Knicks. I have at 41, exactly 500, but that's like the only team I have like that. I don't have many teams yeah. right at the middle. I either have teams that I like them and then they're bumped up a little bit 
the Knicks and Clippers. They're my two that kind of get stuck in the middle and then everyone else moved polarized away. So, so I mean, that's kind of part of it, right? It's like those teams that have win totals in the thirties, those are probably the teams that you should be targeting unders on. Right. Yeah. So um, that's just an interesting way to look at it. I mean, I, I'm, I would say that if you look at my mind, like I'm a little bit too optimistic. Like I, I've, I've had this concern is I'm just like looking at it and being like, man, I'm probably, I'm probably optimistic on it. Like, this is why when I did the win totals breakdown for every single team, there was a lot of cases where I was like, look, I like the team. I like the over, but there's not a foundation here that gets a clearance for me to feel like there's value. I don't think that there's that their likely outcome or median outcome is four wins, three wins over the total. So I don't think there's value there. Like that's a big adjustment from where I started to action where I was like, I had bets and liens on every single team. And now I'm like, no, no, no. Like these numbers are sharp for a reason. And yeah. especially this year, I think there's a lot of sharp numbers. Well, this is fun. Brandon, thanks for doing it. This has been our Friday happy hour episode of Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back uh, next week. Monday's our fantasy episode. We're back Wednesday with our best bets going into the NBA season. We're almost there. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you guys again next week on Buckets.